I'm Joe from PopX Cast, where science fiction meets pop culture. Part of the Gonna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find more stunningly awesome geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. with Blake J. Harris. He is the author of The History of the Future, Oculus, Facebook, and the Revolution that Swept Virtual Reality. He's also the author of the bestseller Console Wars, Sega, Nintendo, and The Battle That Defined a Generation, which is currently being adapted into a limited edition TV series, which is kind of exciting. Congrats on that. Yeah, it's life-changing for me. Thanks for having me on, Cody. I really appreciate it. Definitely. This book is a lot more detailed than I expected. It is a substantial history. Tell me about the background of what went into making this book. Sure. Well, I, I want to begin by uh, telling you who I wrote this book for, which the, is the ideal reader that I imagine when I write anything, which is my grandmother. Just to let you know that, yes, it is a long book. It's 500 pages, but I really do write everything to be accessible to anyone and, and to move in a quick way. So... With that out of the way, yes, it is a very long book. It took me, it ended up taking me three and a half years to research and write. Um, the contract was, it was supposed to be due two years ago. So I definitely went uh, much longer than I expected. And for a second there, you sounded like my publisher being surprised by the length of it. Um, <laughs> and let me, let me be clear, that was a compliment. It was intended as a, that means that you found a lot of stuff that was worth writing about. So you're going to get a lot of bang for your buck. But I do also, it's interesting because I kind of think that podcasts and longer form interviews, like like what you do, is actually has just changed the landscape. People, even with console wars, you know, it's going to be a TV show now where originally it was going to be a movie. People are more interested in longer form content, which as a storyteller, I love. And, and I do think that, even with console wars, which was a similar length, it was it was a much harder battle to get that book done. You know, to the, have the publisher go with 500 pages, and still it was a bit of a battle here. But um, yeah, I want people to get a bang for their buck, and it's a, it's an epic story and should be uh, an epic length and told as such. You had pretty much unlimited access to, I guess, Oculus and and Facebook. I mean, who who gave you this access, and how long did you have it? How did that unfold? Sure. So so the nutshell version of the story. Um, and and what, sort of what makes it very fascinating is that Oculus was founded by a 19-year-old kid named Palmer Lucky, who at the time was living in a trailer in Long Beach, California, had invented an innovative, uh, groundbreaking virtual reality headset. Uh, he starts a company with a bunch of other folks. They end up selling that company to Facebook for $3 billion in less than two years. And so that's how Facebook ended up in this mix here. And uh, because of all the, you know, anytime I write a story, like I said, I wanted to write it with my grandma in mind. And sort of the secret to that is like making it about the characters, making it about universal human themes and, you know, starting a team, being an underdog, that kind of stuff. Um, and so getting access to the people is incredibly important to me. To me, you know, the way someone feels and is thinking about a situation is as important as the actual actions. Um, so it took me a couple, it took me 14 months, I think, to get the access that I wanted to from Oculus and Facebook. Uh, originally, I was introduced to Palmer Lucky, and he ran up the flagpole over there. And uh, unfortunately, because a lot of folks there had read Console Wars and been fans of it, that helped me out. And so um, in starting in February of 2016, which was a month before Oculus launched their first consumer product, the Oculus Rift, I was, uh, you know, 
brought onto Facebook campus, got to interview the main players. And then from there, they uh, provided introductions to anyone else that they wanted to interview. And I developed years long relationships with these people. Um, and, and needless to say, the story did not turn out how I had expected or anywhere close to how they had expected. So it made it for an interesting journey. How did you expect it to turn out? How did they expect it to turn out? And how is that different than how it turned out? <laughs> well, console wars, you know, I mentioned it a lot um, because that's, you know, I've only done one other book. So that's like my sample size of one experience. So I compare it to a lot. But like, you know, console wars was a rise and fall story. The story of how Sega came out of nowhere, surpassed Nintendo, and then fell back down to earth. And I thought, ah, oh, that's great. A different challenge this time. This is a story about a company who's, you know, on the upswing and just at the start of something incredible. And I still do have a lot of faith in Oculus and they have an upcoming headset called the quest that I think is going to be great. But, but it, in many ways it was sort of a rise and fall story, at least with regards to the original core team. Um, and so what I expected was that, you know, the month after I started really doing these interviews that they would launch a headset that would be incredibly popular or at least more popular than the other VR headsets on the market. Um, but as it turned out, they uh, botched a lot of their launch. They uh, were, um, you know, basically outcompeted by the HTC Vive, um, at least for a period of time. And so uh, I expected it would be more of the beginning of a, of a success story. Um, Again, you know, I still have faith in them, so it's not like this was a huge failure or anything. Um, but, but in terms of what I definitely didn't expect was that Palmer Lucky, who I've mentioned, as well as Brendan Arib, another co-founder of the company, I didn't expect that they would not they they would no longer be with the company by the time the book came out. That's really wild. Have you gotten any initial reactions from them or anybody else on the Oculus or Facebook side? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, I'm always of the mindset. I think I even mentioned in the author's note that I sort of view this as it's it's narrative nonfiction, but I do view it as a but very much like an oral history, a perspective driven history. And so the uh, opinions of those that I'm writing about is, is important to me. Just it, I mean, not necessarily that they're happy with their portrayal, even though I'd like that, but more so that they confirm that it's accurate and feels authentic and captures it, uh, you know, captures the mood of what it was like to be there. And I've gotten really great reactions from most of the people. Then I've gotten some really terrible reactions from some of the people still affiliated with, affiliated with Facebook, uh, which is not surprising because they did fire Palmer Lucky. They um, did, you know, I think that they, I think what they did was in part illegal. Um, there was a, examples of political discrimination. Um, regardless, they would like to distance themselves as much from him as possible. So um, they, they're not very happy to see the story uh, focus on that and bring some of those things to light. And then also um, just my relationship with them. Uh, you had mentioned this uh, great access and that continued for two years, but then it eventually ended abruptly and, and very poorly. So uh, we're, I'm not on the best terms with them right now. So I'm not surprised that they haven't had great reaction. But I will say that like, you know, it almost I've taken it pretty much as like a compliment that their only public pushback thus far has been to say that not everything in the book is correct. Um, you know, that's all things considered. That's not really a, a terrible criticism from them. Oh, no, what's not correct? Well, they don't say because that's how Facebook responds to every story that they don't like. You know, I guess <laughs> Donald Trump calls stuff fake news and then Facebook just says, um, you know, not everything is accurate. And then people say, well, what's not accurate? And then they don't respond. <laughs> that's wild. What's a little different about this book compared to Console Wars is that this, again, Oculus did start as just some 19-year-old kid and it was a small company. 
And, you know, I work in podcasting and I know all these startup podcasts and entrepreneur shows that they're so popular these days. So in this book, you've not only got that whole oral history of the actual technology of virtual reality and video games evolving, but you've got the whole startup entrepreneur story in there, right? Yeah. People have told me over the years, um, they said, hey, Console Wars is not really a book about video games. It's kind of just a book about marketing, like disguised as this human story or about video games. And I'm kind of and my response is generally like, yeah, guilty as charged. I, that, it really is what it is. Like it's this great case study with incredible larger than life characters. But it, it, it is ultimately a marketing story. And, and, and I think you've touched on exactly what I was hoping this book would be, which is a book about startups and of course there's so much more in there and it gets into Facebook and like I said, political discrimination and billions of dollars. But at the end of the day, I think, I hope that this book will, you know, find a place in business schools and that young entrepreneurs will read it, even if they're not interested in virtual reality, just because there's a lot of good lessons in there and, and, you know, cautionary aspects as well. But starting a company is hard and there's plenty of people giving advice. Um, Why not learn from, what was the fastest startup to ever reach a multi-billion dollar exit ever? You know, there's a lot of great information in there. Especially when it comes to virtual reality. We've mentioned virtual reality a couple times. VR has been around for a while, but it's had a dicey history, right? The things it's promised versus the things it's delivered. What's your point of view on where this has taken us? What, what got you so interested in it? Or what caught your attention? Sure. So, I mean, I, I grew up in the 80s. I'm 36 years old, grew up in the 80s and 90s. So I remember, I, I think we're about the same age. We probably had similar experiences of, mm-hmm. you know, there was like VR installations in malls, Nintendo had Virtual Boy. There, there was a time in the 90s where VR was the future. Um, and then by the end of the 90s, it very much was not. And the market crashed um, and, and VR, quote unquote, died. Um, you know, as I later learned, and perhaps not surprisingly, VR did continue um, in academia and, and in military to some degree. But for the most part, it, it had pretty much quieted down. And, and like also to your point, you know, VR is, is largely credited with starting with Ivan Sutherland in the 1960s. So this is a technology that's been around for almost 60 years now. But but for the first time, or at least for the first time in a successful and compelling way, it is it is reaching consumers with Oculus, with HTC Vive, with Sony PlayStation VR, um, and it remains to be seen what the penetration will be, whether it's able to reach a mainstream audience. But the technology itself is incredibly fascinating. You know, for 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 listeners who have never tried a VR headset, it is both unfortunately and miraculously the kind of thing that you have to experience for yourself to steal a line from Morpheus and the Matrix. You know, like, it's like, how do you describe television on the radio? You you, kind of can't. You kind of have to just experience it. So that makes a big marketing challenge, but it also makes what you're experiencing very special. And so um, I'm still very bullish on it. I, I think that it has already and will continue to change gaming. It is going to change education. It's already you know, being used in the medical sector for training. It's really just excellent for training more, more than anything in a practical short-term sense, uh, whether it's for the military or whether it's for medical professionals or even I remember <clears throat> I did an article for Fast Company about how uh, the UN was using uh, virtual reality documentaries to transport potential donors uh, or, you know, to experience what it's like to be in a uh, Syrian refugee camp. And that was that increased the money that they were able to raise. And so it's, it's you know, been credited for um, increasing levels of empathy. Uh, and it's just an incredible tool that I think uh, I'm very fascinated to see where it goes. And I'm still very optimistic that it will go very far. Who knows what could happen in the age of social yeah. media and strange things happening. Speaking of social media, before I even heard about this book and then after I got my hands on it, I, my mind keeps going back to the 2010 David Fincher movie, The Social Network. 
I feel like this yeah. is like the video game version of, or I guess the virtual reality industry version of that movie. Do you think that's kind of a similar tone? Absolutely. I, I mean, I was pretty psyched a few weeks ago when I saw Aaron Sorkin publicly state that he thinks that there should be a sequel to The Social Network, and I'm going to make sure that he gets a copy of the book, um, which I think is, is, is possible to happen. Scott Rudin, a uh, great producer, he's, he's doing console wars, so, uh, and he did The Social Network. But anyway, yeah, I think just in general, my storytelling style it has been inspired and informed a lot by Ben Mesrick, who wrote The Accidental Billionaires, which was adapted into The Social Network. Um, but this did feel to me like the social network version of virtual reality. Many of the characters in the story explicitly said as much to me. There's like one, I think there's one scene in the book where um, Palmer Lucky's having dinner with the, for the first time with uh, who will, these entrepreneurs that will eventually become his partners. And one of them even remarks that it felt like, you know, the dinner with Mark Zuckerberg and the social network. Uh, and so th those parallels are definitely there. And then, of course, it leads to an actual acquisition by Facebook and becoming part of the company and um, and and a very direct comparison in that way and in an interesting way, because the final third of the book, um, you know, these characters that you've known and loved or hated throughout most of the story are now part of Facebook and you get to see Facebook through their eyes. And it's a really interesting, unvarnished look at this company that is going through some tough times and I would say deservedly so, or at least it's getting criticized a lot. And, and it's a unique look at Facebook um, because it is like a behind the scenes look and, and not one that Facebook sort of choreographed, you know, whenever they work with journalists, they sort of present and spin and uh, even lie in the ways that they want. But because this was through the guys at Oculus, I was able to get a, uh, a really honest and unflinching look at Facebook. Unvarnished is a great way to look at it. I mean, there's emails embedded in here that you've pretty much copied and pasted in there to really <laughs> show somebody the inside look. So it's it's very authentic. Is there a particular moment that really shocked you or surprised you or you, you just couldn't believe that this was part of the story that really took you aback that might entice people to check out the book? Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's sort of a spoiler alert, but it was also in the news. So it's, it's not much of a spoiler. But um, regardless of how one feels about Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg, I was shocked that when it publicly was revealed that Palmer Lucky appeared to be a supporter of Donald Trump, that Mark Zuckerberg drafted an apology statement that Palmer had to post that denounced Trump and pledged support to Gary Johnson. Um, to <laughs> me, that, you know, I, I personally am no fan of Donald Trump, but you know, everyone gets to support whoever they want, especially one of the candidates from the major parties. So to me, it was pretty crazy that Mark would personally get involved and do that and, and did start you know, set into motion the, the the events at the end of the book, which are pretty crazy and certainly not what I expected. It's not just about the business. There's people behind every business. It's always about the people in the end. Well, the book is The History of the Future. The author is Blake J. Harris, author of the award-winning Console Wars. Well, I don't know if it was award-winning, but it was best-selling. It was a really good book either way. My mom gave me all sorts of awards. Mom <laughs> So you're not incorrect. Fantastic. You can pick up the book on Amazon now. It's it's out. And uh, we will put a link to that in the show notes of this episode. So thanks again for joining me, Blake. I really appreciate it. And I hope people go check out the book. Awesome. Great interview. Thanks so much, Cody. 